You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. What up, me and this is your boy Omega. Welcome to a brand new Comic Crusaders podcast. And today I am honored to have a whole bunch of fellow Comic Crusaders, fellow team members that are doing something spectacular in the world of indie comics. So let me bring in the black lion, all right, if, if you will, the man that has put all this together. This is his dream. He's my boy from Cinema Crusaders. He's a writer. He's also doing stuff with ASAP. And now he's building his own baby. The one, the only, D.W. Howard. Where, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. Man, this has been a long time in the making. I'm so jazzed that, we, that you have me on, you have my team on, and we're going to be talking about Raincross Press and Blood World, man. It is going to be Oof. so cool. Ooh, I am ooh, looking ooh. forward to talking about it. So talking about teammates, let's bring them up one by one. Another fellow crusader the, that joins me on some podcasts. You're right. He also is part of Sloppy and Cinema. The one, the only, Mr. Jeff Gracie. What's popping? Oh, oh, me. Hey. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm so, uh, really glad to be here. It's uh... a... <laughs> It's really weird being on the other side of things. Uh, usually, I'm there interviewing with you, and now I'm being yeah. interviewed by you. So this is a uh, there we go, this is pretty Kata. surreal. And it's and well a, deserved because you're the boss, a, man. Not only is this man a writer on Blood World, he is also the art director for the project and an artist as well. So he wears Weppa. multiple hats. Oh, uh, he is, does. He, is, he's wearing the Mister Happy my, hat today. Yeah, this this is not my only hat. I have I have many hats. <laughs> Currently. Awesome. Awesome. Let me bring up the next member of the team, another fellow crusader. All right. Also doing the cinematography. He does dope uh, articles for Comic Crusaders. You got to check it out. The one, the only, Mr. Shadewing. What up, homie? How you doing? Hi. Uh, pretty good. Uh, glad to be here and uh, glad to be involved in all of this. Uh, this is a crazy project and with a lot of people I love being around. So I'm glad to be part of it. Awesome. And the reason he has his camera off, folks, is because his beauty is too much for, for our cameras to take, apparently. Yep. <laughs> well, we, we yeah, it, it's so bad. It's so bad that uh, StreamYard hates my my, my face. So. There is there is not <laughs> enough bandwidth for the beauty that is Steve shaping colors. <laughs> and and next up is Steve's big homie and honorary crusader. You know, he he's the creator himself with some dope stuff, you know, coming mm -hmm. out via Overman Comics and more of the one. The only Mr. Mike Nunley. Hey, well, hey, hey. Thanks for having me on, man. I'm really excited to be here, man. This is, uh, this is a really cool project. And I got to say, Comic Crusader is one of my favorite podcasts to go on, oh, man. So I'm, I'm really you. excited to be here. He's, just, he's saying that so that way I don't ask him any of the hard questions. <laughs> <laughs> and then last but not least is my big homie. Like he joins me also on podcasts when it's related to music. I mean, he is a music pro. He's also the host of Sloppy Spoilers, the one, the only, David Taylor. Everybody, homie, how you doing? What's up? What's up? I'm good. Good to see everybody. Good to be here. Oh, look, he put on his Barry White voice today. 
Yeah. <laughs> sexy voice to go with that sexy logo behind you. Yeah. Can't awesome. get enough of your love, baby. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? People won't be able to get enough of Raincross Press and this Blood World stuff that you guys going on. I mean, I can't wait. We have trailers, folks. I got a small little uh, PowerPoint or so off as well so you can see and start getting your, your minds wrapped around the greatness that this project will be. Again, it's independent comics at their best. All right? So Absolutely. Let, let's start with the man himself, the one, the only, Mr. David Taylor. I mean, uh, uh, David Howard. There's too many Davids here. I'm going to call you W. W. Yeah. The new W. <laughs> just call, you call me Nem. It's what everybody else calls me. So The nemesis. No, but you're not a nemesis in comics. You're actually blessing comics with this, this new venture of yours. So let's dig into that a little bit. You know, um, what, what is Rain Cross? How did this birth in your brain, young man? Well, I've wanted to do uh, comics for a long time, and I got my chance with ASAP Imagination. And, shout out to um, Hades. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Give shout out to that. But, you know, this this right here, Blood World, was originally going to be a novel, and I created this whole universe uh, that's set in the future, and I'm sure we'll get into that. We could talk more about it. But I set all this up. I was going to write it as a novel, and I'm looking at it. I was like, man, I have got so much here, and I started talking to these fellows here, and they're like, man, we love this setting. I said, you know, maybe this would work best as a comic book, and maybe it would work best as something bigger, you know, some, and we're going to talk about what Blood World is going to be. And as we talked, everyone got really excited about the project. And I had had ideas for Rain Cross Press for a long time to do self-publishing for my own novels and things like that. But mm -hmm. this was the perfect launch point for it. And these guys' enthusiasm for the project really spurred me to take that leap and create Rain Cross Press. And Rain Cross Press is named after my hometown. So I live in Riverside, California. And that symbol is the symbol of my hometown of Riverside, California. Oh, word. So there it's we the go. Rain Cross. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm representing Riverside, you know, giving some love to my hometown. And at the same time, we're going to be bringing some awesome independent comics. And, and that really is the birth of Rain Cross Press. So I have to give it to these gentlemen here. Their enthusiasm for the story drove me to take that step and do all this work because, you know, there's a lot of work involved with getting you know, us all the ground. And there's a lot of work writing and doing all this stuff. But man, their enthusiasm, every time I think that I'm like, man, I'm tired, I wanna do this. I think about what we're gonna deliver and it just pumps me up and I wanna do even more work. I wanna do websites, I wanna do merchandise. I wanna spread the word, I wanna get this out there. You you mean like that website right there, raincrosspress.com, where you can get <laughs> more information? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We got it out there, you know, and 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 we're going to talk about Blood World here coming up, I know. But, you know, our goal is that for too long, you know, the only way to get a science fiction anthology graphic magazine was 2000 AD or Heavy Metal. Mm -hmm. And both of those are not American publications, and both of those are from 50 years ago. It's time for something new. You know, yeah, and, yeah. and something, and I'm much love to my British friends, ASAP Imagination again, but we need something <laughs> American out there, and that's what yes. we're bringing. So we're bringing, that is our goal, is to bring that to everyone out there, is that so anthology. you're telling me this is the 2000 AD slash heavy metal slash anthology sci-fi hit stuff that we're talking about, but Americanized. Yep, absolutely. Oh, this is wonderful. This is wonderful. Absolutely. We definitely need this. I, I mean, I grew up as an anthology fan. You know, uh, those type of comics were my favorite. One of my favorites was always Tapping the Vein, which, you know, Clyde Ooh, Walker. Nice. 
that's my joint. That's my jam. I, I I love that. But of course, it's not something that was defined, very limited. And you know, again, he is a UK writer. So there you go. They love anthologies. It's not something that Americans were really brought up on. But uh, and that's fine. Thank you for taking that step, though. You know, to bring us this this awesome greatness. Um. So let's talk about the formation of the team, right? Because we have this amazing team here. You know, that consists of a lot of amazing crusaders and honorary crusaders and all. You know, there's this fire. So uh, talk about why you chose these individual gentlemen before I get, you know, and chatting with them. Well, as you probably noticed, three of the, the four members of my team also are on Sloppy Spoilers with me. And yeah. we have a <laughs> chat where we get together, we talk about things. And I was talking about this project that I was working on. And uh, I was starting to think about writing it as a novel, but I was started talking about the settings and things like that. And all three of these guys were like, tell us more. We want to hear more. And we started talking about this and hearing about it. And they were like, man, this would work and this would work. But the real genesis was, is that Jeff had come to me with the horror story that he was thinking of, a space horror story. I was like, you know, that would fit into Blood World this way. And that got the, the mental fires turning for Jeff. And then everybody started coming up with their own stories. And then Mike, I know through Steve and also through we play uh, a game called uh, Fellowship of the D20. We play D&D every mm -hmm. Saturday, so look for that. And uh, we started walking, uh, talking to Mike, and, and I've gotten to know Mike pretty well. And and I'm a real admirer of Mike's comics that he does with Omen Comics. And I was like, you know, we we he'd be a great person to come on and write with us. And Mike jumped right in as well. And the cool part about this is that there are six stories that are going to be launched in this first uh, issue. And each of the six stories is completely different because this universe is so big and, and the setting is so big. Even though it takes place within our solar system, there's so many ways to explore different kinds of stories, different settings. So it's a really, really cool thing. And, and that's how the team came together. And, and to their credit, you know, once we started talking about this, these guys just took off and started fi rapid firing ideas. And I'm just sitting there trying to keep up with all of it and document it. You <laughs> Slow know, down. And, yeah, and, 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 and fit it all into this world, make it make sense. But that's part of the fun because, you know, they took my sandbox that I created and I wrote, you know, pretty much 500 years of history. And they took that and just ran with it. So cool. Very cool. 500 years of history jesus christ all right we got we got some reading to do folks apparently it's gonna be fun all right so let me get over to bracy and then and your role within the company so you know what sparked the what sparked you to you know definitely be involved in this and, and what's your role in the company it's funny my first exposure to uh what nim was building here was uh he gave a couple of us a, a, a sort of a preview copy to look at the novel that he's working on. And I already thought that was uh, very good. And then he and I both had a, uh, a story published in uh, for ASAP Imagination, the perspectives, the, uh, the charity uh, oh, nice. sci-fi nice. uh, horror novel anthology. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I got to experience his writing there. And uh, right away I was struck by uh, what a mature writer he was uh this did not feel like the work of a you know a new author I've, I've, over the years i've had a lot of people uh look at my writing and i've looked at a lot of other people's writing and it, it's pretty evident when somebody's like you know they're they're just trying to find their groove and you you know you're very like oh yeah that's nice you know you, and you sometimes you have to struggle through it to be able to give somebody feedback uh 
because you know they're just they're just cutting their teeth and that sort of thing. Yeah. And we all we all have to crawl before we can walk and then before we can run. So immediately I was struck by just how good he was as an author. And uh, in our in our own little like a uh, little chat forum, we're constantly kind of pitching ideas to each other. Hey, you know, looking for feedback. You know, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And uh, I'm a big fan of horror, but also cosmic horror as an H.P. Lovecraft fan. But I've never written a piece of cosmic horror because I didn't think uh, I didn't want to do anything as derivative. I, I wanted something that was really uniquely mine. And I finally came up with an idea that I really liked. And Nim here just like, man, that idea is so cool. And it would fit so well in this <laughs> setting. And as we started talking about the setting, it's like you said, like, uh, like, we all got excited in the chat talking about it. I was like, oh man, you could really do anything with this. Now I, I got rid of the idea. Uh, I decided I want to keep that idea for myself, but in talking about the world, because Nim has created this incredible sandbox of ideas that you can tell practically any sort of story you want. And when you see the anthology, you will like, uh, as I constantly nice. tweet in our post, we have, we have sci-fi, we have horror, we have noir, we have drama, we have intrigue, mystery, it's everything, you know, and so I decided. Uh, I was always a big fan of Conan the Barbarian and uh, Marvel's. Who is it? Conan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, my 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 next vision when we started talking about the the world a bit, I was like, okay, I, you know, he, he said like, you know, Earth has suffered some ecological disasters. Like, okay, great. I want to turn Earth into a complete hellhole, and I want to do a mutant barbarian fantasy uh, on Earth. So Wait, like a, are you telling me it's not a hell hole now? <laughs> <laughs> it's even, it's, it's gonna even get worse. worse. <laughs> yeah, everything Greta Thunberg warned us about has happened. So, uh, oh, so that's where I'm going with that. Not so correct. yeah, it's a it's a mutant <laughs> wasteland. It's uh you know there's big hole in the ozone layer right over uh, North America. Uh, lots of radiation. There's a nuclear volcano. The the uh, the magnetic poles have shifted. Uh, a lot of water is either toxic or acidic. Just all kinds of crazy things, uh, which I almost feel like I have to apologize to DT for because I set up this really horrible place. And it's like, oh, you want to write a story here? Like, well, here, try and deal with this sucker. <laughs> but it's, it's been so great because uh, I've only ever had one other experience, uh, more or less, where I've worked in a collaborative vein with other people on comic books uh, in this sort of broad sort of way. And everything I keep seeing from everybody else as I'm reading everybody's scripts as we're like constantly throwing out ideas or we're, we're posting up little details as we're doing the world building just keeps me ignited, man. I am so fired Excellent. up. This is, this is the only time I've ever been this excited about working on something that wasn't specifically all me in my entire wow, life. Man. And the, the ideas just keep coming in. The more, the more we've got, like I, I just constantly, hey, Nim's like, Hey, uh, yeah, we gotta look for a letter. It's like, dude, I just started lettering. I'll be happy to help out. Like, uh, oh, we got checking out all these arts. Like, I, have, I, I know some things about the art that you guys probably won't look for. So let me, I know some questions asked. So, like, so all of a sudden, I'm like, I, I became the art director. I just like, I, wonderful. I, I keep, I keep giving till there's nothing left to give, and I still find some way more to give because that is how enthusiastic I am about this project. Well, that's how you build a solid foundation. The, the when world, you have people. the world nemesis is built, and the 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 add-ons that everybody is adding to it uh is just astounding and i am so excited and privileged to be a part of this fantastic 
Here yeah, we go. That... Let me go to the man. Oh, I'm sorry, Dave. Go ahead, Mr. Howard. No, I was going to say, yeah, and I, I'm really excited to share, you know, to keep sharing that with everybody because, like Jeff said, we have got so many settings, so many different types of stories. I mean, just to, to wet your beak a little bit, I mean, we've got the Ganymede Monarchy, we got the Soul Scientific Symposium, we got the degrading spires of Earth, we've got the wastelands of Terra, we've got, and then we also Ooh. have the swamplands of Terra which goes right into what DT is doing. So I I, I, I already dig the Wastelands of Terror idea because as a Mad Max fan, I always love the <laughs> yeah. Wasteland, yo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So DT, talk to me. What's popping, kiddo? Talk to me about your input, your part here. What you know, how did you feel when when, when Nem said, yo, you want to be part of this amazing team? What what's popping? Oh, dog, them is five different questions. So we're going to be for 10 hours. We're going to answer them all briefly. Uh, first thing is, there's very little I can say about my story that's not a spoiler. What, what I will say is that okay. the idea popped into me instantly as soon as Nemesis mentioned what he was doing. I was like, oh, okay, and everything formed. What happened after that was having conversations with Nims and Bracey, and what Bracey said, the expanding of the story world. It's, it's truly the situation where when you have other people's input and other people's eyes and other people's ideas, it grows exponentially. It feeds things. It, it makes you think of things that you would never think of. It makes you see from different angles and perspectives because I think like a movie director. So I'm always moving the camera. And even when we do sloppy, I was talking about, did the story put the camera in the right place? So when you hear what other people are thinking about, then you can zoom that camera in in so many places. And I saw, so much expansion, uh, so many things to do. So in a nutshell, my story is about uh, uh, some folks in uh, the wastelands or the swamplands and what that means in juxtaposition to the antagonists and uh, how they have to respond to their challenges, what that means based on age, on faith, on technology. And Thanks, that, that's the nice. uh, uh, advanced nature of this story world, that I can bring matters of belief, I can bring matters of high tech, I can bring matters of martial arts, all in the same story. Ooh. That's why I'm uh, so pumped and excited, because it's rare that you get that chance. Uh, one of the things that Bracey came up with that was so incredibly liberating was the idea of in Nemesis' uh, backstory history, how cultures of the earth began to merge about how when things, you know, go to crap on earth, people stop tripping as much because you need to survive. Mm -hmm. What that means is that now the different cultures, so we're talking about Southeast Asia, we're talking about, you know, what we call the Middle East, we're talking about a whole bunch of things, begin to merge. And you begin to see the genius of humanity and that every kindred, tongue, people, race, and nation has a peace. So instead of arguing and fighting about that, you have to depend, have to reach over here to my brother and say, I don't know anything about this. So I know chemicals. He says, okay, well, I know nutrition. Okay, well, he says, I know sword fighting. That, that yeah. kind of thing. And you're gonna see all of that in my story. So that's why I'm, I'm pumped beyond belief. Wow, and that actually sounds amazing. And I wish the world would think in those terms nowadays because we, <laughs> You see shit that going on. It's like we are in that swamp wasteland already. Getting there. And, and I will I will add that, 
you know, the cool part about this is that these guys took my ideas and are writing very stories that are very character centric. They're writing about very personal stories about the journeys of their characters within this larger world, which is cool, mm. which has kind of freed up me. So I'm writing the the universe changing stories about the mm. power players. You know, uh, one of my my characters, her name is Queen Isabel of the Ganymede Monarchy. And, uh, you know, and th so there are still factions within humanity, but now their factions not based on race. Their factions based on ideology and technology and things like that. Ooh. But you know what? Jeff and I have been talking and, and the rest of these guys don't know. I planned out four or five years ahead of time what's going to go on in the greater universe. And it's going to be interesting to see how these individual stories are going to be affected because these factions are going to be forced to work together with what's big, coming. Big things. Yeah. Wow. So. Mm -hmm. That sounds hella fun and interesting. All right, let me let me go to the faceless one. The one you only <laughs> the same wing. <laughs> so say when talk talk sure. about your part within you know Ring Cross Press. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, now um, I came along along with the sloppy spoilers crew early on, and um, Nem uh, I think originally had the idea suggested to me that. Okay, uh, you know, why don't you do something like Robert Howardish or Conanish or something like that? I feel like Jeff uh, did that better, so I let him do that. Um, <laughs> well, my you. thought instead was rather than rather than going rather than going Conan, why not go with a different Howard archetype? So I went with Solomon Kane. Um, oh. Yes, and I and from that kind of yeah, I wanted this um, I wanted this relentless. Um, you know, Puritan, puritanical, you know, hunter character, you know, who is going into these, to this uh, land that he knows nothing about, you know, and just trying to impose like his own point of view on it. But this is a world that has completely rejected faith. And so, um, wow. you know, he has to kind of survive like with pretty much everybody after him. And, and I just felt like mm. that was a fun thing. And then that evolved uh, more into this Neo-Arthurian idea because I was looking back at uh, Tristan and Isolde um as a little bit of inspiration for that and then it became a space western um after all that came together so all of this takes place um within the asteroid belt and particularly around uh the asteroid of Ceres. and I, I felt like that would be just this great place to have this no man's land you know where you have these people who are trying to live independently from the craziness going on on earth and on s3 and and from in the ganymede monarchy and these are people that fought very very hard to stay independent from them. And they actually catch out um, a small republic. And so you wanna think about like, maybe like the American uh, Republic was like maybe like late uh, 1700s, early 1800s. They are yeah. very weak um, and they don't have a lot of influence. And so mm -hmm. um, the piece is kind of maintained by this station called Persephone and it is a very fragile piece. And so when you bring in somebody like the Inquisitor um, who tends to cause chaos wherever he goes, just by being himself, um, we get to see how crazy that gets, and we and and how all of the factions are involved with this because um, he's on the uh, the hunt for a um, a a psychic who had left uh, his home world, and he has to try to find this person. And but uh, okay. she's mixed up with the corporations on series, and 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 he gets mixed up unintentionally with those things. So um, basically, the idea is that he hunts uh, rogue psychics that are dangerous. And so uh, we'll see to what extent uh, the presence of these people, um, you know, cause Ooh. chaos within the asteroid belt and all the different 
factions involved. So now you got me thinking, because how can he hunt down psychics? Because wouldn't they see it coming? Unless he is special himself. Ooh, wait a minute. <laughs> and and <laughs> one of the things himself. that he is, he has yeah. devised weapons for that. Gotcha. And one of the things that Steve alluded to that's in the backstory is that at some point in the history, all religions became illegal. So uh, religions yeah. were banned and uh, religious people were excluded from most of life. And uh, there was eventually a religious rebellion on earth and they fled and then they were tr they were exiled. And that's how the Ganymede monarchy was formed. So uh, I will say to you that the Ganymede monarchy is a bloodthirsty Game of Thrones like setting ruled by a, mon well, by a monarch and a bunch of barons. And it's based on warfare and religion. So and high technology yeah. like uh, mechs and things. So they're pretty blood. They're brutal. So techno theocracy. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. And, yeah. And again, I, I also religion is a divider. So. has a presence within the belt. Yep. Oh, we'll see that. Okay. I, I find stuff. religion to be a divider of people. So yeah, let's see where that goes. Because you know uh, that means at least the children will be safe. Oh, I'll leave that alone. <laughs> I'll leave that alone. I'll leave it there. It's funny. Um, I think I think Mike's the only one whose story doesn't figure, uh, religion doesn't figure into it in some way. Each of us has some sort of uh, religious struggle slash aspect that we're dealing with in each of our stories. So it's really interesting. Okay, because faith is powerful, and a lot of characters need that. But obviously, then Mike's characters must be soulless. <laughs> so, well, well, where I will say that where and Mike will expound on it but where mike is is playing they worship something else they worship oh that thing that's up there at the top of the screen the dna helix so mm. oh really mike mike tell me about it how did you get involved in the project and, and give me some tidbits about your story all right all right um well uh nem uh, nem approached me uh, about maybe one wanting to do a story in it and I'll, I'll be honest i was a little nervous at first um i've done a lot of writing in my own sandbox but i've never been in somebody else's before you know what i'm saying so okay i was i was a little nervous about that but um i've recently been in kind of a stretching my boundaries area with my writing um okay. and uh one thing i've never done before is a noir or a sci-fi story and so actually i was thinking what about a noir sci-fi story what we'll just blend them together and um it was it was inspired uh in in, in large part between uh, uh blade runner 2049 and uh seven Ooh. and uh so yeah. uh like like um like uh nem was talking about there uh, everything, everything in this, this in this society uh, of the the Soul Scientific Symposium um, is is all based around DNA in some fashion. Um, they they uh, even even the the leaders in the in the world themselves um, are like uh, highly rated geneticists. You know what I'm saying? They're the 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 leaders. The, the entire this entire society is built up. Uh, uh, the entire structure is built on uh, what kind of genes you have and whether or not you're acceptable or whether or not you're not. Um, oh, wow. that, that, that kind of thing. Um, so the as far as the, the detective angle goes, I, I can't say a whole lot uh, without spoiling anything. Mm. Um, but I, I will say that um, 
it it really does it really does have a, a Blade Runner type of feel with it, where we're talking about uh, we're, we're talking uh, about uh, 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 different different types of different types of people, and how those how those uh, how those people are going to uh, interact with the rest of the world. But it's a very personal story based on uh, the perspective of a single of, of a single detective uh, that is kind of struggling through this uh, series of days. Okay, but, series I mean, of days. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. We, it's it's we're we're delving into philosophical stuff, into uh, you know the meaning of life kind of stuff. Uh, it 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 digs into a whole bunch of a uh, whole bunch of areas, and it's 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 really got that that old school kind of noir uh, detective feel to it. You know what I mean with the uh, with the narration and the and and whatnot, and uh, uh, with uh, with the with the dialogue. That there's he also works with a partner too, so. You know, yeah. there's, there, there's that relationship building there as well. You know, and, and the cool part was is that Mike really took this in a completely different direction than than I thought it could go. You know, I had no thoughts of doing something like that. And he did it mm -hmm. because uh, the sixth story that we're writing, I'm writing two stories in the anthology, is also based out of the Soul Scientific Symposium. But it's a story about uh, a unit, an assassin unit. Uh, that's within the Soul Scientific Symposium. And those assassins are called Blood Race. And Blood okay. Race have the unique ability to be able to real-time change their DNA and form their bodies into whatever kind of form that they need. So weapons, gills, Ooh. wings, armor, you name it. But when they do this, it causes uh, damage, genetic damage. And you do enough damage, they basically just disintegrate. So they have a number. Oh. So, you know, so and their body disintegrates. And I'm doing a whole story around this uh, one particular blood wraith, but this blood wraith core. So I was thinking higher level there. And then Mike comes in and he says, man, you know, what is the setting for S3? And they live in these 40 mile high spire cities that are, you know, out in space. And there's a bunch of them. And he's like, I want to explore these cities and do that. And he did so much work expanding that and then coming up with this noir story set in the city. So really... You know, mm. I I was looking at it from up here, and he got right down into the nitty gritty of S3. Mm. So cool, so cool. That's what Mike yeah. does, yeah. yeah <laughs> I say you this. know, one of the, one of the things I, I did uh, specifically was uh, developing the the Delphi hub. Um, the Delphi that, that, hub. Yeah, that's actually like he was talking about. It's 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 basically a stack of mega cities uh, uh, pi piled up on top of each other, and and we're talking. Billions and billions of people live in these cities. Oh, yeah. damn. Well, yeah, wait. There's a, a great thing about Mike's story is like having read the script is uh, uh, just the just the initial thing he's written. Like it leaves you with a bunch of questions uh, that you want answered. So you got to come back for the next issue to like see what's going to happen. Like I, like, I got to know now. See, yeah. that's what a good story should, should definitely do. As you know, especially in the first couple of issues, you need to have tons of questions that will keep you coming back. So that's the right narrative. So, folks, yeah. let me do this really quick because you guys have a dope little trailer set up for Blood World. So, let me show that baby off real quick. Check this out, folks. Some fire stuff coming from Rain Cross Press.
Christ. <laughs> that is intense. What <laughs> the heck is deals. going on? What is going on? So did we see pieces of each and everybody's part of the story in this? Yes, yeah. Yes, you yeah. Did. Yep. The only Oof. I I would say the only part that you didn't see specifically, and you know, and we've got some people at work on that is the swamps around one of the ruined spire cities uh, mm. where DT is telling his story. And I can't wait till you see that. I mean, I, I don't want to spoil anything. And and as Paul from ASAP Imagination knows, I start talking too long. I start, I'll, I'll give everything away. So I got to shut up. Now, <laughs> oh, that's otherwise. right. He is the secret leaker. <laughs> Let me tell you, if he was in Donald Trump's house, those things would have been released a long time ago. <laughs> he's, he's the Tom Holland of the, the group. Tom Holland of the <laughs> <laughs> so, amazing so i gotta well, shut up now but i i gotta say that 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 setting and everything he has built there uh all, all these guys I, I gotta give it to everyone this blew my mind because they come up with new stuff and then it makes me come up with new stuff thank you so much paul and and it just excites me you know so it's like i had ideas and then these guys are coming up with them i was like yeah. well the hell that you know it's like now i'm gonna write you know, the next 20 years of history, the big stuff that's coming on so that these guys, when we're telling these stories, these these individual stories are going to keep going while big stuff is coming, you know, affecting their world. So just as an example, there might be a barbarian walking along in the Terran Waste and all of a sudden a battleship comes flying out of the sky and crash lands in front of him because there's a big ass battle going up in orbit, you know. So, you know, how is he going to react to that? So yeah, I'm gonna well, pull up my good. sword and top heads off. <laughs> just to show you uh, how much details matter. Originally, the world was envisioned as being primarily red, and I said I see my story as heavily green. Bracy mm. says, "Huh." Bracy turns on his revelation machine and says, "Huh." <laughs> maybe if we had some pockets of carbon dioxide, mm -hmm. maybe we could make that work. And then from that sprung some other ideas, which oh. which sprang. Uh, uh, into different characters, different situations, and a whole bunch of different things. So this is definitely a situation because uh, we're all heavy into details. We don't just love sci-fi and fantasy and comic books. We're obsessed with it. We, you know, we've been consuming it since we're very little boys. Yeah. And so in creating this type of thing, the details matter. Everything you see, the combination of gases in the air, what people breathe, what people eat, that kind of thing, everything matters. And this is these are the kinds of stories that we always have and have always wanted to sink our teeth into. This is this is the one of the, I mean, DT is right on point. This is one of the things that I love. Every single one of these guys, I have been in meetings for hours with them just talking about the world and we're discussing and throwing ideas around. And and that one particular meeting with with DT with Jeff was in there as well. And we just started coming up with the ecology of the world. You know, and, and you ruined my mind already. Pockets of carbon dioxide. Like, how effed yeah. up is this world? I mean, are, where you gotta have world. pockets for greenery to survive. I, I love yeah, it already. We're world building fanatics. And uh, at first, when I thought I was gonna be the only one playing on Earth, as it were, uh, I just started developing this big ecosystem because uh, I'm a big fan of what James Cameron did with Avatar. One of the things that most impressed me about that film is when I look at the ecology. Of, uh, of the world of Avatar, it works. It's very incredibly well thought out. You'd, you'd think the guy was a zoologist the way he approached it. And Cameron's an artist himself, so he did some of the uh, creature designs and things, so he, he thought about that. So I started building a world that was partly based off of uh, conditions on Venus, 
and conditions on Mars mixed in with Earth because uh, Nimbin told me that the, the Earth had suffered a whole bunch of ecological disasters. So I was like, okay, so what would Earth look like without its ozone layer? You know, what would it look like without this and that? And I started building all that. And then when D, DT comes in, uh, you know, you're, you've got to collaborate. You can't just say, well, this is how it's going to be because I made it all, but it's not really my thing because Nim is the, the uh, creator of all this. And so when he said he wanted a green world and a green palette, I started thinking about how, uh, how okay, you know, uh, even if 70% or more of the water has burned off the surface land mass because of the radiation and the solar radiation, uh, within the crust of the earth, there are still entire oceans, uh, gigantic cisterns, waterways, things like the, the, the crust of the earth is pockmarked with caves because I'm a big nerd. I know all this stuff. And so that would allow for uh, life as we know it to kind of filter back to the surface. So we do have pockets of fresh water. And uh, if plants have had to adapt largely, uh, my conception is like because this thing is like this barren uh, radiation mm -hmm. sort of a wasteland slash uh, deserty kind of uh, feeling, uh, everything in my area became predatory, including plants. But if we're going to have yeah. plants that function like plants, let's say the, the carbon dioxide forms these canopies of clouds which protects the plants from the radiation from the sun and so it acts as a mini atmosphere allowing them to grow and people live there because plants give off oxygen and so you have this really wonderful symbiotic ecosystem in miniature on this mostly blasted world so do any of the plants say feed me <laughs> uh, they, by the time they say feed you you're already being fed on hey! <laughs> you know and and like I said at the beginning, you know, originally this was going to be a novel or a series of novels, you know, and but if I had done that, it would have only explored one little part of this whole world. And so all of this building and all that we've got going on and all that I would like to do in the future. I mean, we've got a lot of big plans and we're doing the hard work now because we've got to get this off the ground. But, you know, I, I had said to myself a long time ago, my ultimate goal, my ultimate dream is if I could create something even half as good. As what Herbert did with do, you know, mm. and when I see all this is building and when I see the potential, the potential, I'm like, this could be a system, a world that I'm not going to say is on par with that because I, you know, that's very egotistical. But like I said, <laughs> if we could get close to it where people, you know, years from now are looking at this and are asking those questions, like, how does this work? What does this do? Man, that's some exciting stuff for me. So I already could see the Rain Cross Press Universe book like Marvel used to do back in the day with character synopsis, worlds, and buildings. Yeah, I want to see all this. I mean, I, I, see feel all like, this. I feel like we're contributing to an IP that will outlive all of us. And the, the closest thing we've seen was when Marvel had its epic line, which was kind of their answer to heavy metal. And I really True. missed that. I, I wish that it lasted. And, yeah. uh, you know, it, like he says, we get on these video calls, uh, you know, and we the ideas start germinating like and it's always giving you something it's like oh i didn't think of that you write it down or or somebody will say something in the chat like nim said something like uh, jokey in the chat and the next thing i know it's like okay i've got a new creature <laughs> you know, it just it just comes up like that it's like this is in the world now and it's exciting you know it's like it reminds me you know i've watched that documentary about image you know before it it went crazy with liefeld and all that stuff and i've yeah. watched you know all of that and it feels like that. It feels like a bunch of creators who have come together and are moving forward with a common goal. But unlike Image, where they were each doing their own thing, we're all coming together to create this one product. And mm -hmm. I think one studio. Is, yeah. Yep. 
Also, Nim is, you know, being uh, quite modest in terms of his writing. Uh, <laughs> if you've ever read it, his writing actually transports you to the world he's talking about. And so Ooh. when he's talking about Dune-esque uh, comparisons and the kind of thing that's going on, uh, that's why I instantly could relate to everything that he was saying, because he's the kind of person that cares whether or not the bolt on the armor is round or octagonal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm, that, I'm that same kind of person. So when he writes, you can see from head to toe everything he's describing, and you can actually feel the weight of the person. So if oh. a person is in uh, armor and that armor is heavy, the way he writes, you can feel it. it's quite visceral. So, so he's definitely moving in the direction of exactly what he's talking about. And that's why it's so much fun for all of us to be in this world. Because again, when you are given to details and you get a chance to create on that level, that don't happen every day. You're absolutely right. Thank yeah. you. you know, Thank details you. definitely a huge part of this. <laughs> I, I know I personally, uh, in, 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 in my story, my, some of my panel descriptions are like a half a page long. His, 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 script, so, his script was like was like little descriptions. <laughs> yeah, I, was like, I was like, am I reading a comic script or am I reading a short story here? It just kept going and going, but it's so great right. because we're we're all such uh, enthusiastic world builders. It's really exciting. Like yeah. I, I it's it's taking everything I've gotten this it's like not just a grin like an idiot the whole time we're talking about this. <laughs> but but that's, I, that's a beautiful was, thing though because it allows the artist behind the project to really delve in. Mm -hmm. I'm sure with that great yeah. detail that's written. And that that's is, and that's about to start. That is about to start, I will tell you. So uh, So yeah, I, I I know that you you've been talking to a lot of artists. I mean, uh, is the mission still open? Uh yes. Yes, they are. Ooh. Any artists that are out there that are interested, please contact me, uh, raincrosspr at gmail.com, or you can contact us through our website, uh, raincrosspress.com. Uh, we have a contact us form there. Um, I'd also say anybody who's interested in this project, uh, sign up for our newsletter on the website mm. as well. Yeah. You know? He has so, a newsletter. Look at him. <laughs> yeah, so we got that. And we've got merchandise. So, and there's going to be more coming out. That's all available through oh. Rain Cross Press as well. So. so, you're telling me I hook got this very pretty logo on a t shirt, like right now? Yeah. Or a coffee bug, or uh, let's see, a pint glass. There's all sorts of stuff that you can get. I know we were talking about whale tail in the green screens. Is there whale tail <laughs> Rain Cross Press? <laughs> no, we don't have any of that yet. Not yet. <laughs> Yeah, and look at this. Who designed this beautiful logo with that DNA helix right there in the middle? Yo, that's fire. That'd be Mr. Bracy, I believe. Yeah, no, Bracy did that no, one. No. I, 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 can't, I can't take all the credit for that. Uh, Nim, uh, he's he, he's not a graphic artist uh, like me, but he does a lot of graphic art and a lot of the video editing uh, for the stuff we do on Comic Crusaders. And uh, he's very competent at it. And he actually came up with the, the basic shape and design of the logo. And I just took it and polished it up a little bit. So uh, nice. he's the generator of this idea. Yeah, I have all the thoughts in my head. I just don't have the skills to make them pretty like this. <laughs> you know, so it, it, doesn't you know, that awesome though that you have someone though that you could basically say, "This is what I want," and they 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 somehow dip into your brain with a fountain pen, right? Like dipping it, and all of yeah. a sudden the idea is put onto paper in the way that you envision it. 
It actually I, saved me. It, it saved me a lot of time coming up with a logo on my own. It's like it gave me a really good foundation to work from. You know, but it's been and but Jeff is, you know, Jeff is being modest now because Jeff has done a lot of design work. Like you said, he's just doing all this stuff. And that's why we decided to name him art director. Now, that's something. This is just a concept. For What's playing this? With it. That is the symbol for the Ganymede monarchy. That is the royal coat of arms for the Ganymede monarchy. So what does each symbol mean, though? Because obviously this must well, read and translate into something. Yes. So the four stars there are for the four major religions that crash landed on Ganymede. Uh, crash landed. Damn, 300 right. years beforehand. <laughs> and okay. then the phoenix is symbolic of their rebirth, their resurgence. So they were rebellions. They were criminals. And now they are the preeminent power or one of the preeminent powers of the solar system. And then at the top, you've got that uh, that fortress symbol. So the fortress is obviously they they are fortified. They're fortified against the rest of the galaxy. They look at every or the rest of the solar system. And then that goes with the swords as well, because uh, the, the monarch is called the sword of restoration because they restored the Ganymede monarchy in the face and they are a militaristic society. And then the middle the, the planet there it symbolizes uh, Ganymede where they are. So See, this is what DT was talking about. This is precisely what DT is talking about. Listen to how deep this guy just came up with coming up with a, an image for the monarchy. <laughs> yeah, there's a and, whole and, history you know, there. And and what I would love Ooh. and what I'm looking forward to now. Let me explain this one in a second. But what I'm looking forward to is I would love for some 14 year old kid to read this stuff and see that. And be like, just start coming up with his own ideas and be like, mm -hmm. I love this. It just it comes alive for them. Now, this right here, this is an artist that that we're going to be negotiating with, you know, and and I hate to tell him this over the, this. But, you know, I, I really liked his art and I wanted to include it because this is kind of some of what we're doing as far as sample submissions. We gave them a sample panel and said, hey, can you draw some something, some stuff so we can look to see what you're doing? Nothing too fancy. You know, this okay. was a thumbnail he come up with, but I think it's it's excellent. You know, and, and this was set uh, kind of in the swamplands around where DT is at. But you know, oh. um, this particular artist submitted this uh, submission to us based on something we had given them, and I thought it was really cool. And uh, this is kind of some of the, what we're going to be doing. Uh, you know, but it's going to be much more polished than this. But I thought this was a pretty good representation of what some of the artwork in the magazine might look like. So that's why I included it. So. Well, let me say, DT, this is the stuff you got in your swamp. I do not want to go to that swamp. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Holy smokes. Look oh, at that. Oh, you're going to be surprised at what's <laughs> going on in this here swamp. Yeah. Mm, really, but I mean, why a swamp, DT? I mean, you from the bayou, son, down south? What's popping? <laughs> no, no, not so much that. It's more so. <clears throat> okay, if you've ever been to Los Angeles, Los Angeles, you know, you can have extremes right across the street from each other. You can have people really? living different lifestyles, different ways, different perspectives, different levels. But I mean, it's not. In most neighborhoods, I'm from Chicago, I'm in Chicago, that's far apart. There's a yeah. city proper, north side, south side, there's the burbs in Los Angeles. It's literally right next to each other. I remember when I went to the uh, music history museum in Los Angeles. And so what fascinated me was the idea that the earth or even a particular country can get to a point where you can have uh, tech, where you can have development, where you can have a certain level of thing and right next to it 
is maybe primal feral living, maybe uh, things where things are mm-hmm. still cooking. And uh, there's a reason, mm. there's a reason that they're still cooking and how is all that possible? And more than anything else, what does that mean for the journey of our characters? Because it's really analogous to how we have to deal with life. No matter what our backgrounds, you have to look at all these contradictions in life and ask yourself, now how am I gonna navigate this? <laughs> you ain't and lying. That, that's behind what, what my story's about. Yeah, oh, yeah gee, I can't wait. DT's not lying, you know. Out here, you know, I live in that area. You can go to Walmart and see a, a bobcat run by, you know. So it's like, it's like what, what the hell's hey, going listen, on? Hey, listen, I'm from New York and I live in Florida, so I understand where DT coming from. Because you know, the outside, you know, when you when you're somebody as an outsider looking in, you're like, oh, this is so pretty. Yo, you live there, it's a whole different world, son. You'd be surprised as hell as to what's really popping off in these pretty ass communities. Yeah, and now I'm in New York, you you see how it is. (laughs) Yeah, yo, for real. But this looks fantastic, phenomenal. And oh, Oh. look at this, Jesus Christ, who is this? What is this? What's popping? Well, this is is my protagonist of my story, Fellhan. In in my world, the the idea behind the name is that uh, mutants of the wastelands uh, they have a sort of more primitive culture. And so uh, I'm, I'm blending some ideas between like uh, Vikings and Native Americans where uh, you get named for an aspect or a, a deed uh, okay. that you perform that gives you your, your name, your your kind of right of manhood sort of name. And so... Uh, oh my God, case, he said manhood. Everybody, this is for everybody. Don't get, don't get stuck on the word manhood. <laughs> 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 so uh, this this particular character, he's uh, like I said, he's the hero of my story. He's a he's a barbarian of the wastelands. Uh, he's a he's a lone wolf at the start. Uh, I wanted I was always a big fan of Conan, uh, but I was also a big fan of John Carter of Mars and uh, the '80s cartoon Thunder of the Barbarian. So I wanted oh, to go man, in that direction, stuff. like sci-fi barbarians. And uh, it's so funny. I start up just wanting to basically write and draw a hack him slash him kind of thing and it's turned into uh another one of my big influences is dune where the uh there are all these grand spires uh not enough to you know uh they're the pockets of civilization that managed to uh save themselves when the majority of humanity fled the world Uh, some people went underground uh to save themselves from the other radiation and the the one percent kind of built themselves up these 10 mile high cities and this is why they become decadent. They're very fall of Rome in there, and each spire has its own take on its own decadence. And they're they're in these ivory towers, and they literally look down on the people who live on the earth. And so I have this sort of classism uh, thing baked into the story. And uh, part of the conflict is going to be uh, the the common people these 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 detestable mutants coming to loggerheads with the people who are so isolated that. Uh, most of the mutants never even see them and in fact the the spires are so far beyond what they know in their day-to-day life that some tribes even worship them as gods and right. uh we're gonna we're gonna prove they're still mortals and uh they're gonna have to deal with some folks yeah he looks amazing his trash remind me of bill goldberg Jeez, yeah, thank you. the uh, physical, <laughs> uh, physical conception i was uh i was like looking at all kinds of different references for uh characters like uh the orcs from lord of the rings uh uh, some of the, uh, the the avatar creatures because I, I like the the tribal not quite mohawk uh, hairstyle yeah. which, which uh, became very popularized yeah. in the Vikings TV show 
Yeah. Uh, Conan in, drawn in Marvel was always drawn with red skin, which I always thought was really interesting because Conan is a Celt in the stories, but as he travels around, he becomes very bronze as he becomes like a sailor and he's, you know, in all these sun baked lands. So I, I wanted to reflect that this is a, a very baked and radioactive land. So he needed to have uh, this red skin to protect him from his harsh environment. I will say you've heard about these huge cities everywhere and all this stuff. One of the cool aspects, and it's part of, of, of Jeff's story as well, is that the common technology everywhere is that they have learned to be able to harness, control, and focus gravity. So, Oh, man, that's the secret of how they built the pyramids. I'm digging it now. <laughs> that's the secret. They harnessed gravity way back in the day, and then those secrets were burned off. I uh, really was- believe that. That was really Nim's idea. I asked him how, like, how people did space flight, and they said, "Well, we got a gravity drive." Because I was trying to figure out how do you make a, how do you keep a ten mile high city from toppling over. I was like, "Okay, if I can manipulate gravity to some degree, you can do sure. that." And it's that reverse becomes, magnetism, kiddo. <laughs> and, and that becomes the focus of Felhan's weapon. He has a magic sword, which is a piece of uh, forbidden technology from the old world, from the last war. Which is called world? (laughs) But that that is not this. This is not a sword. This This is something related to Steve. I'll let Steve explain. Oh, really? Because this looks crazy. This this has those Voltronist feels. You know that type of stuff. What's what's going on here? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, this uh, ship is called the uh, Sword of Avalon. That is the ship of the Inquisitor, who is the uh, main character that we're talking about. Um, I wanted it to have that Arthurian uh, look. I wanted it to be, you know, a bit of like on the Claymore side. Um, I like the way that, that Jeff really interpreted this. I think it looks uh, very much along the lines of what I was thinking with, you know, the, all the right uh, bells and whistles added to it uh, to make more uh, dynamic. Um, I just think it came out great. Yeah, this so, is a, this you. is actually a spaceship that's cruising around the asteroid belt. With that crazy ass inquisitor, it ain't going and hunting down If you if you want some technical specs, like, you can see like the the bridge up front, the the pommel on the back is actually the main gravity drive, whereas the uh, the two wings there, the glow there is the uh, basically sort of the maneuvering thrusters, if you will. And if you look around the front of the tip, you'll see a number of different ports, and those are weapon systems. See, this makes a lot of sense to me, you know, because I am a sci-fi fan. Like, this is a ship that could travel in space because you know, we can't have a traditional plane like we see on Earth traveling in space. It ain't going to happen. Those wings will be knocked out in no time. This design makes so much sense. But I'm also thinking that Unicron could probably use this as a sword. Jeez. That's the beautiful thing about designing something for zero G, even though you see him uh, take the Enterprise into atmospheres in Star Trek, it totally wouldn't. Uh, unless they have some other technology on there. But you design things that can't exist within gravity, so you're free to just come up with the craziest designs. Because in zero-G, the ship can handle it because it doesn't have to worry about all those pressures and stresses working on it. Yeah. And, Um, you know, and and I spent, you know, I do a lot of time, you know, I don't know if my wife wonders if I'm working sometimes, but I do a lot of time sitting looking at the (laughs) ceiling, you know, thinking about (laughs) stuff. And so the gravity drives, the way they work is that basically they manipulate gravity to either fall forward, which is acceleration, or then the a gravity, a source of gravity is put behind them to decelerate. And then they move the gravity around the ship to turn and things like that. So you don't need thrusters. You just create gravity. So, oh my God. Gravity bubble. And, and I will also say that the creators of this ship weaponized. So, um, so you're going to get uh, gravity powered rail guns. 
Oh, that is gonna drop motherfuckers to the floor, huh? Like shoot you, and you're like stuck. Like oh shit, yo. Uh, listen, I already see. I love it again because I I really believe that in our past they mastered this, but we lost all that knowledge somehow. I really believe Sweet. this for some odd reason. Because again, you know, again, we might Egypt, have, right. We might Come be interviewing now. a guy who's gonna illuminate all that for us. So. Oh yeah, hopefully yeah. we will with that doctor <laughs> talking about God and the soul and all this craziness. I'm like. I, I'm ready. I'm ready because you guys are already introducing a lot of that, you know, right here in this brand new, you heard it folks, brand new comic book universe. You know, I need you guys to follow them on Twitter and Instagram like right now, you know, go visit the website, sign up for the newsletter. And, Absolutely. you know, and, and what's up with the Patreon? What What, what is this for? Talk about well, the Patreon. It's, it's growing slow, but the Patreon is going to have Patreon exclusive merch. It's going to, we eventually want to do Patreon exclusive, some, you know, uh, writer talks and things like that where we discuss what's going on you get some behind the scenes stuff we're also going to give people first looks at uh designs and pages and things like that you know and and it's going to grow slow i think you know because people you know i think rightly so are are careful of their money and they want to see what we can produce but we're going to get it out there Absolutely. and uh and get people excited for it and now, who this, is, who's that this is okay, DT's well. world yeah yo this dt is- talk to me about this dude son what's going on Okay, that is Bracey's rendition of an updated suit. In my world, we do have the Yakuza. They have survived, and they survived a very specific way. And okay. so we were talking about if they had a traditional look, which some do, but what if they had an updated look? And it has everything to do with the fact that uh, they're rooted around a particular spire. So this is uh, Bracey's rendition of what an updated uh, Yakuza suit would look like. And again, not to get into spoilers, but every detail is important. So what if you had uh, an, an ancient mafia family organization belief system? Oh, deal, what would they look like? Uh, so yeah. in the future, what would they look like if Earth had been devastated? And why would they still be around? What do they want? Yeah. So we're going we're gonna to talk about all that. So these are the new wise guys. Yeah, <laughs> where, where where we are picking this story up from the the starting year for the first issue, we're starting in the year twenty five eighty seven. So oh, that's how far forward we're going, you know. And and that's why I wrote all that history to tell you what has happened to the Earth and and humanity over that time. And so it's really interesting that. You know, of all of the, the different things that have gone away and things have survived, the Yakuza have survived. You know, and there's a there's a concept, there's an artist concept of what of their course. suits look like. My With, brother, when people need things, they're gonna be around <laughs> somehow. Yeah. Yep, and why and the gold color? What does that represent? I'm curious. Why the what? The gold color. Uh, it's it's more of a representation of the stark black and white suits that they might wear okay. and how you might imagine uh them looking now what would that look like in the future and remember if the earth is devastated and the climate has completely shifted what does that mean for the people that are still here mm. okay see so, so there's so many stories happening off planet in other situations <laughs> what about people that hung around on earth what 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 would that look like and how would the class divisions be and just so many different things so oh so gosh. yeah so we're, we're gonna uh, be talking about all that 
And uh, yeah, so if I say too much more, I'm already yeah. Don't don't do the nem. Don't do the nem. Don't be, don't, don't be nem Holland. But I see I see the needle going over the spoiler wheel. This so ain't like, sloppy spoilers. Hey, it's like, it, not be nem I got a hard time not spoiling things with my own comics when I'm talking yeah. about them. <laughs> I, I feel them pain. There. I just I, I I get so excited and want to share all these ideas and everything, and it's like at least if I spoil anything this time, I'm spoiling my own stuff. But these guys yeah. will kill me, you know. It's like, yeah. but I, I I know other people who are like every time I go on, they're like nemesis make sure you do not spoil it <laughs> you know what nemesis did nemesis right before the podcast basically put a pillow on his face and said everything he had to say spoiled it and then now he's on the control it's the hardest thing to do because we're also eager to share this world with everybody out there absolutely well, i don't blame you guys this stuff looks fantastic and once again folks look it's oh, up on screen sweet. yet again I need you guys to follow Rain Cross Press. Just and as I will it sounds. Right? Twitter and, and Instagram, the website, and, and the Patreon. It's all Rain Cross. Hold on, them. R A I N C R O S S P R E S S. All right. I'm spelling it out for you guys. It can't get any easier. All right. Go ahead, now. Yeah, and we're we're also on Facebook now. That just happened today. So Oh, you got a okay. Facebook too. And is it the same yeah. handle? Yep, absolutely the same. Um, I will say, uh, yeah, I mean, this magazine is going to be really cool and we're building it right now. I mean, we're going to have the stories in there. We're also planning on adding advertisements from within the world. So you're going to see Ooh. stuff, advertisements and tech inserts and news stories that are going to be peppered throughout the magazine to break up the stories and give you more flavor of the world. But, you know, it's the nature of all this that you need money to do it. So I'm going to say that, you know, we're announcing this. We're building stuff behind the scenes. Eventually, we are going to be doing a crowdfunding for this first issue. But we want Yay. to build this so eventually it becomes self-sustaining. But we want to get out there. We want to get people excited about this project. And this is why I was so excited that, that I could be with you guys here today and share my crew with you and this idea and uh, talk about it. Because we're working hard behind the scenes so we can get this Oof. off the ground. I got to ask, now that you say the word crowdfunding, have yes. you guys decided as a team what would be the best platform to use? Uh, we have not decided yet. Uh, I am leaning right now towards Indiegogo, though. So, Okay, okay. Hey, why not? There's nothing wrong with the platform. Who cares who uses it, folks? Don't get stuck on that. It's a platform for creators, but, not for a particular yeah, group. Yeah, but, my, uh, my, my vote for Indiegogo is because they have the in-demand feature. So after your crowdfunding is done, yep. uh, as long as people are still interested, you can just keep that rolling for as long as oh, you need nice. to. I, nice. I will share, though, that when we do do crowdfunding, we're going to have tiers. We're planning on having alternate covers. We are going Oof. to be talking to a well-established artist in the comic book industry to do an alternate cover for us. What a tease. What a te you, you, yes. you can't give us any hints, right? Of course, I'm asking the wrong guy. He's over there biting his tongue right now. <laughs> yeah. No, no hints. No hints. But we're going to do uh, variant covers. We're going to have tiers with Dope. merchandise. We're going to offer a digital-only option for those people who like digital comics. Nice. And, Tell uh, them how gonna, much they're getting. Yeah. You are going to be getting... I will announce right now that the first tier will be $10 for 80 pages of content. What? 80, 80 pages. pages? Shit, we can't, graphic novels at 80 pages cost almost 20 nowadays. You're telling me yeah. I'll get 20 pages from, I mean, 80 pages from you guys, that's, 10 bucks? 
Yes, That's for the digital release. For the digital Whoa. release. So Whoa. when we go loud on our crowd, live on our crowdfunding, mm-hmm. the first tier will be digital only, 80 pages of content, six stories plus supplemental content for $10. Will that be yeah. the standard across the board, though, for the anthology? You know, to be that many pages, will it get shortened as future issues come out? I mean, what's the plan for the it size is- of the book? Well, I will tell you the future plans are every I eventually when we get well established, we are going to be doing a quarterly anthology. It will be 80 pages every time. Ooh. So you, you will get Four 80 pages. Of the year. Yeah. <gasps> plus plus <laughs> those stories will be put together into collections for single issue floppies and trades made available. And eventually, if these stories take off, we will break them off into individual stories. And that's the whole idea here. So we might have individual comics that break off. And then this magazine, my long-term vision in the future, is that this is going to be a showcase for new writers and new artists to come in and start telling their own stories. So that when one writer pops off and decides to do their go their own way, and we say thank you, or they decide to take it and do their own uh you know, devo- uh, title that's devoted to their character. So it's a floppy, you know, single issue floppy title. We'll bring in a new writer and they'll start contributing to Blood World magazine. And it'll be just like 2000 AD where new writers and new artists come and go. So I just, I just want to say when every time I hear the word floppy, I just want to tell you guys that these books may be floppy, but they ain't floppy. They don't need Viagra. They're already going to start going hard. <laughs> <laughs> All right? So there's some great storytelling right here, some great world building from people that actually care about that. Like, like you know, DT said, you know, caring about how, how the boat looks from round to that, that, that octagon, hexagon, whatever you need, you know, detail, you know, storytelling, characterization. This is what we love about comics. And now we have the, this team. Look, and it's funny. It's the five pilots right here, right now, forming this Voltron, the five lions, baby. Get it done. That's one of the biggest problems we're having industry-wide. Because, uh, because marketing one-on-one is knowing your audience. And we've yes. been amazed in the last seven to eight years how there seems to have been some antagonism towards the very people that have supported the content for 40 and 50 years. Sci-fi fans are generational. Geeks yeah. are generational. So if I love some content, I'm going to share it with my kid. And he's going to mm-hmm. share it with his kid and that kind of thing. And so so it's not just a labor of love for us. It's a labor of love from us. To, yeah. Because we, we are the fans. We're not you know what I'm saying? We're, we're one of the part of the group that we're yes. talking about. And we understand that we love the details. We love the obsession. We love the possibilities. We love the which way is the story going to go. We love learning more about different characters. And so that's why we write with that kind of passion, because because we am them. So that's what I mean when I say it's, it's such a real uh, labor of love, because that's what we want. You know, we care about all this stuff going on this week about, you know, She-Hulk and all this stuff going on yeah. with the latest stories. I'm like, if you didn't understand the character, if you didn't read the burn run, if you didn't understand yes. the fourth Thank wall you. breaking, then, you know, maybe Normies might like it, but we're like, what are you doing? Yeah. And so it's refreshing to be able to operate in a story world where we get to really feed all that because that those are the kind of people we are. And, and ain't no fans like sci-fi fans. And, and my, and my, I, 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 that's not like it's to be a song. I mean, to, to <laughs> yeah. 
to illustrate that point, uh, I've been uh, like everybody here. I've been reading comics since I was a kid, but I started buying and collecting comics with my own money about 1980, and it's 2022 wow. now. So that's 42 years as a customer. Damn, bro, how old are you? Because damn, that, you know, I was what six, you know, turning five then, and you already making <laughs> bank. Your, your lemonade stand was popping, huh, Bracy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll be I'll be 54 this year, so I've been my, in it in a minute. My my hope is that 10 years from now, that these guys are writing individual titles if they so choose, and that the six writers on Blood World or the five writers on Blood World are a bunch of kids or people that started reading this in 2022 or 2023. Mm -hmm. There were 14 then and are 24, 25, 26, and are and they're breaking their teeth. You know, they're they're breaking. <laughs> on blood world you know and they're getting their start in blood world that's what i would love to see is that the next generation is coming up and then they're taking over blood world and it's and it is a forum for people science fiction writers and science fiction comic geeks in the u.s and around the world to tell their stories because yeah this is a u.s based company and right now we're u.s based writers but i will tell you our art team is going to be international you know Oof. And, and can you tease and, that? Because I know you were giving me some hints personally, but can you uh, tease anything on the art or no? I can tell you that we are looking at studios in South Africa. We're looking at artists in Italy, uh, letters, okay. you know, in Mexico. Uh, I believe that's where he's from, Mexico, correct? Wepa. Argentina. 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 Yes. Argentina. Uh, yeah, you're Latino. Argentina, not Argentina. We're looking at, we're looking at, uh, we're looking at, uh, uh, people and you know artists in argentina we're looking all over the world wonderful well, you, the uk <laughs> you know so we are just looking for talent and people that are as excited about what we're doing as we are and and that is one of the things that we're doing is that uh you know that's another thing that i look forward to helping kids with in the future is that i really believe that the artist and the writer are a team they got to work together as a team so i mean yeah. we're taking that approach where the artist and the writer have to have the same vision to be able to work together to deliver a coherent story, you know? Oh, man. You know how important mm -hmm. that is? Because you could mm -hmm. tell in a comic book when that connection is not there. Yeah. So it's nice that you actually are very conscious of, of that. That's a great thing. The obviously show is, again, how much you care about the product that you guys will be presenting. So that means that people are going to get hooked like fishes. And DT, I got to ask, I see you wearing gloves. Is it that cold in Chicago already? <laughs> <laughs> my son is always busting on me about my weightlifting gloves. Okay. <laughs> I'm on my laptop so much, the edges of the laptop cut grooves into my palms and it irritates and cuts the nerves. So I just put my gloves on to mitigate all that. He's pumping iron, yo, you know, and he's going to be pumping the iron on that keyboard. You know, he's got, <laughs> DT right. has I'm, gone through like 50 keyboards nah. already. He smashed them like hope. He, <laughs> he just got those gloves on to give you the fist. He's like, you will buy Blood World or else. <laughs> <laughs> now I got to check my fingers, see if I got a per permanent dent from drawing. <laughs> <laughs> so. so this is great. I can't wait to see finished products here. So. Uh, before we go, is there a timeline for that first issue? Well, here's the thing. Originally, I was going to go with a very aggressive schedule. I wanted to start crowdfunding in October. But these guys, and this is one of the things I love because they give me feedback. They and will let me, you know, yeah. Well, no, but it's important, you know, because we're all learning. And, and, and this is my first time doing something like this. I want this to get off the ground and hit the ground running. 
So we are taking our time. We're going on shows like this to build up a following, to build excitement. And then we are going to go with the crowdfunding, you know, and, and I would say that you probably will not see issue one until 2023. But what I will say is this. Uh, one of the things I hate is when you create a crowdfunded project and you don't get the project. You don't get what you paid for. Oh, like me. Any, I, I yeah, anytime soon. <laughs> so as soon as, you know, I, I have secured some funds and, and I'm already looking to get some artwork, you know, some initial artwork done on the pages. But once we get enough money, those artists will be working. And I will promise this. Everyone will get their magazine in a timely manner. And I'm hoping it will be within, you know, drawn, done, delivered physical copy within three months of us being funded. So, yeah, you know, wow. oh, see, that's what I want to hear because I've been waiting 10, 10 years or 12 years away yeah. for a certain project. Homie, where's my book? But whatever, yeah. it's all right. And, that, <laughs> and that's a, and that's about being a fan too, because I think that we owe it to those people who are passionate enough and loyal enough to support us that we show that love back to them by giving them what they bought and giving well, it a uh, highest quality and giving it to them on time. So I, I, mean, I commit to that. The artwork that I saw in the trailer, I'm sorry. Just the artwork that I saw in the trailer, is that it's a sample of the artwork we were seeing in the stories? That is concept artwork that we're working off. So. Oh my God, because if you guys are going to land that type of artwork, oh my gosh, this is going to be the biggest thing ever. The so. uh, it was very important to me because uh, I've I've been planning my own comic book universe for a long time before uh, uh, Nim got me involved in all this, and so I've been uh, studying a lot of uh, crowdfunding, uh, seeing what worked, what different, who succeeded, who failed, and figuring out the whys of it. And so it was uh, incredibly important, and I want to make sure that I was able to impress this upon Nim that we want to be able to deliver, and uh, you know. You talk about how like you've been waiting on this project forever. There's nothing worse than just getting ghosted on a project. Yes. So we want to make sure like you will if you back us, if you if you give us your time, your money, your effort, you know, your interest, all of that, you will be notified on a weekly basis. Uh, we'll let you know what's going on. We'll make sure you get little tidbits of art, a uh, little you know behind the scenes kind of information. You know, if you sign up for the Patreon, I would love to do things like uh, uh, maybe uh, uh, me and the guys uh, discuss uh, writing process, art process, things like that. We you want should to have a Discord channel. Have a Discord channel and do a, a, a monthly meeting with people and just talk about the world and get them excited. I don't we know are, what you guys should do. We I'll are just make more work for me. So. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, are, we are absolutely determined to give you the very best we can uh given given our budget and individual levels of skill uh because and the time. independent market and time because mm -hmm. the independent market has started to explode and we've yes. got to compete with everybody else in the world and we want to show you why it's worth it to come check yep. us out yeah, it's a beautiful wanna, thing uh, to see indie blow up the way it has because mm -hmm. it's well deserved it's about damn time and I want to share a lot of that background with everybody. I want to share those tech specs and stuff, but it's like we got to figure out the best way to get it out there and and do all that. And, uh, you know, the other thing I will say real quick for everyone, um, the other thing that was of much importance to me was that uh, we will not have people draw art unless we have the money to pay them. Yes. You know? Ooh, ooh. 
You heard this is pay to play, folks. You want to? You're gonna get involved. You're gonna get paid. Yeah, yeah. you've seen this. Like you've seen a wonderful. I've seen so many crowdfunders, and I hate it when like the crowdfund was funded. It says it's funded. You say you're gonna get your book by then, and then like uh, you get a notice like, hey, you know, we need to. We've run out of money. We like, but you got the money. You got the money. So our that is your budget. (laughs) Yeah, when we were looking for artists, uh, we we assured them like, you will be told pencils up get to work when the project's funded we know you have the money you know you have the money yeah. it's go time but I, I i think that's important and one of the things that was concerning to me is i went to so many artist groups and the number one question i got from all of them is this is a paying gig and you know it's like as as writers we expect to get paid for our work and we get paid in a different way than artists do but it's like artists you know that's a lot of work as well they deserve to get paid and yes, so is. that is that is something we are devoted to as a company yeah. is that artists that do work for us will get money when they do the work for us you, you know, know what it is though what i see from you guys is that the reason you think like that is because you guys are also individual creators of your own mm-hmm. stuff outside of what you guys are doing mm-hmm. here as a group yeah so you know yeah. you guys actually understand yeah. and feel the struggle and so thank you for even you know bringing that to the table and being real about that it's not it's many weird. people are real about that they aren't a lot of people want to hide and and do some bs in the game because you listen you know we all love this game right but the game mm-hmm. is still rough because it is entertainment and the entertainment industry ain't easy no, it's a no. weird thing being an artist i can't tell you uh how many times uh and I, I i fell in this trap a couple of times myself of uh working for quote unquote exposure which never netted me any other work and definitely never netted me any paying work and i've spent anywhere from like eight hours to 16 hours on a page depending on if i'm just doing Jeez. pencils pencils inks colors you know if i've got to do everything that's a grind let me tell you even when you love it it is a grind so uh, you know, we have to pay people for their time, their valuable, valuable time, because of all the commodities you get in this world, the one thing you cannot make more of is time. Yeah. You ain't lying. I mean, I, I know that Shay Wing mm-hmm. and Nunley over here, because of Revelation and Omen Comics, could definitely attest to that, because they've been mm-hmm. in the game already with their own label and doing projects, right? Oh, absolutely. So how, yeah. how do you feel about hearing them talk that way about how they want to help creators? I like that. It it um, it makes me feel confident in what we're yeah. doing. Uh, it makes me uh, also believe that others are going to be confident in what we're doing, and uh, that that that's exciting. Well, about you, Shay Wing, because yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean you've I think been working the, hard in the background. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah um, I'm absolutely on board with that. I'm up front with possible with our audience. And I feel like you know these people having worked with them for years. You know, I know they're straight. Uh, shooters about everything and uh i feel like they're going to be delivering that with the with the audience as well so i'm not really worried about it yeah excellent and i I have to i have to give love to the people that came before us too you know it's like i've had Mm -hmm. a lot of been able to see a lot of people do this stuff one of them is this guy down here almega who taught me that that, uh, it's no good to dream about stuff you got to do it there's a lot of people that have a lot of big dreams but if you don't do it it doesn't come to anything Another one I'm going to give a shout out to him um, because he's been a big influence on me is uh, Paul Hades, you know, Hayden, uh, because I've mm-hmm. seen what he's done and I have my own personal style, but I've taken a lot of, you know, looked at a lot of what he's done behind the scenes and then adapted to the way that I wanted to do stuff and then move forward, you know, 
And then I've got my own experiences. And then I've got these guys that I've leaned on. But I mean, that's the way you do it. And, and that's what I'm talking about is building a culture. Like I said, 10 years from now, I'd love to see kids. I'd love to see kids that work with us five years from now working somewhere else and being successful. This is what mm. I want because this new culture, I want them to be creating their own labels. This is what it's all about. We need to bring this back and bring all of this and build this. And I hope that because you saw what came out of 2000 AD, you've seen yep. all of the great stories and writers and artists they have coming out oh, of yeah. that. I'm hoping, you know, and this is a big dream, but you've got to dream big to do something big, you yes. know? And yeah. so I'm hoping that Blood World will be a vehicle for that. That will be a vehicle for future people to come forward and be successful. And if you decide to move on and do your own stuff, God bless you. Vaya con Dios. Go, you know? Hey, you see? So, they ain't stopping your creationism. You know, they're going to allow you to be you, you know, build, build the world and get that experience. But this is going to be an amazing place to do it. Yo, yeah, guys, yeah. you've been amazing, man. I love and it. One last thing. Yeah. Uh, I cannot announce it officially because you know we haven't done anything non-spoiler uh, okay like we haven't signed anything <laughs> but we do have plans after the crowdfunding that these books even when it goes off of indiegogo and on demand will be available for worldwide distribution and i'm and i'm talking to someone who will be able to do that distribution as well Woo! Nice. you hear this oh snap folks we're gonna get this worldwide you heard so you better stay tuned so each one of you, can you just drop your individual handles? I got the business handles. I'll take care of that. But what about your individual handles, starting from you, Nem, and then we go to Bracey, DT, Shake Wing, yeah. and Mike? Uh, it's easy for me. It's at Nemesis FC2, at Nemesis FC2, because that's a soccer team I used to play on. So, <laughs> Hey, look, he even plays soccer for us. Look at this guy. You know, yeah. uh, a food board with yes. FUT. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Bracey? Where can folks follow you at? Mine's at Bracy four five two four five two because apparently there was a uh, four hundred and fifty one Bracies ahead of me online. <laughs> so you know that's that's how that goes. Uh, you can also find my gallery on Deviant Art, uh, which is Bracy one hundred on Deviant Art, and uh, oh, you're the hundredth on Deviant. Okay, at least I, I managed I managed to get the, the much. I, I prefer nice, easy to remember round numbers like that, and then uh. I also have an Instagram, which I don't remember if it's Bracy100 or 452. But like, if you see Bracy online, probably me. And always look for Little the smiley Mr. face Happy. or look for the Mister Happy yeah. uh, the figure because that's what I that's what I promo all the time. That's my branding. There's a, there's a hundred other deviants named Bracy out there. So. <laughs> <laughs> about I like the way you put that. A hundred other deviants. Right? <laughs> my handles uh, right on the screen. You can follow me on Twitter at DT2 Comics Chat. Uh, I'm on Twitter every day. Yes, you comics, are. Talking comics every day. You be starting uh, some stuff, though, DT. <laughs> no, no, I'll be telling the truth. And folks that's right. He's not that's what you're saying, though. Well, that's listen, different. Start, no, but that's the whole shit I'm trying to say here. Because when you start <laughs> some stuff, is when you put the truth out there, people be getting all, 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 all amped. They lose their mind. And my response to that is, oh, well. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it though. I, I listen, folks, for real. Like, if you want to see a dope Twitter, I always say people, you know, my, my homie Chris Buse follow Crusader, but D, DT, yo, he not left behind. He'd be asking some questions and ask and making some statements. He'd be like, yo, oh man, hold on. I have to chime in. There ain't no way you could not chime in on one of his tweets. Some really <laughs> epic pop culture and comic conversations come out of those threads. He's out Absolutely. there preaching. He preaching. So. 
Oh, yeah, I'm going to call him Reverend DT. Hey. <laughs> the hey, Reverend you know, of comics. Hey, I've been loving comics since I was four years old. And, you know, <clears throat> the last thing I said, which I will stand by because I've been saying it for years, we have always been the most diverse and inclusive community that there was from yes. the beginning. There are yes. no barriers to entry when you love comic books. People don't care about age, ethnicity, mm -hmm. first language, socioeconomic class. We don't care. We have never cared. We're here to enjoy the story worlds. And I refuse right. to sit back and let anybody ruin that. Oh, I said it. Facts. <laughs> well, my Reverend Justified. He has preached the sermon. Hey. Awesome. You're going to have an amen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, how do I follow up that? Um, well, yeah, my uh, handle is uh, at Shade Wing. It's pretty simple. Um, I also uh, talk about uh, Revelation Comics stuff um, at uh, Revelation Comic. Uh, so that, you know, that's talking about, you know, Blitz. That's talking about uh, Mike Nunnally's other book, Seder, uh, which we gave out recently, and it's awesome. Go check it out. Yes, it is. And, yeah, so, yeah, that's pretty much where you can find me. Excellent, excellent. And Big Mike, where you at? Well, um my my handle's a little complicated. <laughs> they wouldn't let me spell <laughs> my name right. So it's it's Michael, you know, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, and then Nunley. Uh, but you leave off the Y, throw on a five. So it's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-N-U-N-N-E-L-E-Five. Okay. And yeah. but it's across the board though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, that's yeah. what I heard. I was starting to hear M-I-C-K-E-Y. By Disney, we sing that song. Yeah, yeah, I know. I got Jesus. Yeah. You got me almost hyped. Let me start singing. All right. I, I, I live too close to Disneyland to say that. You know, I say it three times. They come out of the mirror like Candyman or something. Oh, so, man. Yeah. Right. Mickey Mouse looking all crazy. Talk coming up your ass. That'd be crazy. I love it. You've been but, very bad, you <laughs> oh, man. Is that going to be Blood World? Part of Blood World? You know, a yeah. crazy ass Mickey? Oh. oh, there's an idea. What happened right? to Dis? Oh. Wait, what happened well, to the mic? Now okay. there's an idea. What happened to Disney? Five hundred. Oh, uh, <laughs> we, we, we're gonna dial that in there. Yeah, now. Yeah. That's, that's an entire episode of Slocky Spoilers. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I I love it. I love it. But you guys, again, to everybody watching, listening, for real, it's Rain Cross uh, Press on Twitter. Facebook or Metaverse, whatever you prefer to call it, until you get adjusted, and then Instagram, all right? And then, of course, to have a brand new website, go visit that website like now, sign up to that newsletter so you can stay up to date. When this baby goes live, you're going to make it rain on these boys like they were stripping at a strip club for you. But this is some <laughs> fire stuff, let me tell you. So raincrosspress.com for info on the projects and, of course, cool merchandise. You already saw some, some you know, you get that dope logo, the other logo, the crest, the, 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 the alien, I mean, whatever you want to call them, that's what you get in here, all right? And of course, check out the Patreon for exclusiveness. Because I know how you guys like that exclusive goodies. So go to the Patreon, Rain Cross Press, sign up today, start pitching in. Because this is the future of indie. I mean, independent comics is amazing. And when I see the people that I know, I am so proud. Flowers time, guys, because that's what we do at CCP, all right? Flowers, a very huge thank you to each and every single one of you. Not just for being my friends, being contributors, but for being brave and bold enough to want to wanna go ahead and create something new and bring yeah. a whole new range wow. of entertainment to us. Thank you yeah. so, so much. 
because uh-huh. it's, it's people like you that we need in the world, man. People that are just that 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 bold and want to do something different. And actually, based on the conversation, I could tell how much you actually care about about you know the readership, the the fandom, the detailing, the stories. I cannot wait to hold one of these in my hand and smell that ink. So I can see what the world is cooking. I'll take a line from the rock. I think, I think everybody would agree here that uh, I'd like to offer thanks to you because we would have never met without you and Comic Crusaders. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, you're the thing that brought us all together eventually. Well, then let me say that this daddy is proud of his children here doing <laughs> their thing, yo. <laughs> I love it. I'm very proud for real. So, again, folks, you know, again, I'm going to show one last time. Rain Cross Press, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, you know, visit the website. It's a .com, all right? And, of course, the Patreon. Show the love for these amazing independent creators. You know, I'm going to put up all the individual handles after this. That way you can even follow them individually because I know each each one of them is also up to some great stuff because them – you know, doing that with ASAP. Bracey got his smiley stuff. DT got the music and in his own stuff going on yeah. as well. With, with again, uh, uh, a uh, a Twitter account that will blow your minds and get you conversing <laughs> like no other. All right. And don't, don't forget, I got to give a shout out because I backed this recently myself. Oma Comics is out there with uh, Al Bueno Girl and Dragon Warrior, which, man, yep. that is comics meets Dragon Girl Jackie and Chan. Warrior, yeah. hey, Dragon Girl and Al Bueno that that is i can't wait to get my hands on that and myself so it looks really cool so go check that out that's on kickstarter right yeah 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 All thanks right. for the so, shout out man that's yeah. cool yeah oh that's let's cool. get it done that's right you better make it rain on only all right because <laughs> yeah, yeah. listen if you miss out you ain't gonna get none you feel me hey yeah. <laughs> pun intended all right yeah. everybody much love thank everybody for tuning in you know Check out all these people's amazing work on ComicCrusaders.com and UndercoverCapes.com and the rest of the amazing family that does stuff. Shout out to everyone in, in the crew and in the capes, yo, for real. And with that, I'm Al Mega with the amazing Rain Cross Press team, baby. They formulate Voltron to bring you the business, all right? Hasta la próxima, mi gente. Much love. Wepa, pa que sepan, Rain Cross Press. Where's that? Later. Bye. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Comic Crusaders podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe and turn on notifications. Also, please visit ComicCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at UndercoverCapes.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today. 